2: Welcome into New York Her, I'm your host Caroline Hendershot and today we have another great guest joining us, Dr. Annie Shadle. She is the Director of Mental Performance here at the New York Jets. Dr. Annie, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for
3: having me, I'm excited. Okay,
2: so I just want to start with your background because as I was researching you, you've got to be one of the coolest people (laughs) that I have ever researched. You're a two-time national champ in two different events, outdoor and indoor, at the University of Nebraska and... An Olympic Trials semi finalist. So, tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into the profession that you're in now.
3: Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I've always just really loved sports from a young age, mm-hmm. and then loved basketball, but discovered that I was a good runner, and. Fell in love with running. I know some people take it as like a punishment, right? So like yeah. in football, running is a punishment. Right. But for me, I'm like, I love running, it's so great. And our, our players think I'm crazy because I like to run, but I yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I just really fell in love with sport and running at a young age, and through that, um, loved just how do you train the body, right? So my undergrad was exercise science, how do you train the body? And then as I was continuing my athletic journey, really started to discover the importance of the mind and just the how important that is and the impact that it has on your performance and so then shortly after my professional career went back to grad school to study sport and performance psychology.
2: So was that your first real moment where you were like I want to go into this as a
3: profession like what sparked that in you? Yeah I think when I was an athlete I didn't Really connect the dots that this was a profession mm-hmm. and then had met a couple people that were sports psychologists. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Went to a camp when I was in high school, but again, still didn't connect the dots. And there was a sports psychologist, a female sports psychologist that spoke to us and she taught us about affirmations, which I thought were really cool. I still have affirmations, mm-hmm. but that was kind of my first experience with a sports psychologist in terms of how do you teach some of these mental skills that we're working on or the importance of putting good things in our brains, um, having some strategies to go to when we're struggling, right? So um, that, again, not connecting the dots, but when I reflect back, I've always been drawn to that psychology side and really trying to understand how the best of the best do what they do.
2: I know you researched Olympians and kind of the emotional challenges that they go to go through and the preparation that they go through. What's some of the takeaways that you learned from that research?
3: Yeah, I think that people's stories and their narratives, right, and their their perspectives on their life is really fascinating. So the reason why I chose that was I wanted to hear from the athletes from their perspective, these moments, right? So what are the critical challenges? What things do you face? How do you navigate that? And the Olympic Games is such an interesting experience. Just getting there is is quite a quest, right? So the Olympics happen once every four years. Being able to like make the team have everything fall into place, like on Olympic year, you get one shot, um, to then being able to win an Olympic medal Usually Olympic games are international, so there's so many different elements of the Olympic games that are unique that mm-hmm. really, I think, show us those like top performers and how they get it done. So really, my findings were in those moments, right? So kind of my findings were the Olympic moment is what I titled it. But in those moments, how do you take control of that, right? How do you... Um, harness that courage within yourself. How do you make the decisions you need to make? How do you put your mind where it needs to be to perform in those moments? And so really hearing the stories from the athletes in terms of how they did that. And then also their own determination, right? So through these narratives, through these stories, it was very clear that these athletes had a very clear direction, clear, very clear sense of purpose, but then also just a very, strong sense of self in their pursuits and their belief in self and their desires to move towards those goals. I think that's the Olympics, of course,
2: are just so special every year. I feel like everyone gets drawn to the TV to watch Mm -hmm. them, but that's got to be the most fascinating part to research because being able to really deep dive into each personal story and figure out what these people are good at and how they got to that point. Cause like you said, getting to that Olympic just making the Olympics is so hard to do so that must have been really interesting yeah yeah okay so while you were training for the Olympic trials did you ever have any obstacles that you had to mentally overcome and how did you get through those like what techniques did you use and did you even realize that what you were doing then was what you're now kind of teaching and implementing
3: Yeah, I think that are there like mental barriers or are there things psychologically that we go through that don't help help us? Absolutely. Right. Um, And I think part of my own obstacles were those perfectionist tendencies. Right. Nothing in this. And I teach this now. So it's kind of full circle. Right. You have your own experiences and you're like, I get this. I understand why you're feeling this way. Um, But like those perfectionist tendencies. Right. So even as a very driven, high achieving person, You have these things that like nothing's ever good enough, right? Right. And you're Mm -hmm. comparing, you know, you're finding those like nitpicky things that like today wasn't good enough. That wasn't fast enough. um, That race wasn't perfectly executed, right? So you just kind of beat yourself down, which then, right, with perfectionist tendencies, you kind of wear yourself out and you burn yourself out just because you're so incredibly hard on yourself. There's no sense of self compassion, there's no sense of, finding those things that you're doing well, right? And it wears you down. right. Um, so if I think about myself in those moments and the pressure that I put on myself, and even shifting to like motivation, um, when I was training for to make the Olympic team, like again, those perfectionist tendencies came through, but then also just my, the expectation of pleasing others changed. And mm-hmm. when I was at my best, it was like for my pursuit, right? I loved running, I wanted to do well. I loved training with my teammates. I loved racing people, right? And so now, when I was racing professionally, now it changed to making money. Now it changed to sponsors. Now it changed to others' expectations, right? And so those two things, right, they They fuel you differently. Right. right? And so I identify with like a lot of the things our players go through in terms of where that focus is. Right. And where that motivation is or those external pressures that we put on ourselves. Right. And so helping to shift back to those things at our core of like, why do we do this? Why do what motivates us? Why do we love this sport? And being able to stay connected to those things are really important just for sustainability and your own sense of well-being and happiness in the sport.
2: Right. Okay. so before we get into your journey to the Jets, I want to touch on what you just said. That balance of doing something for just the love of it, but then also doing your sport or whatever you're doing for the monetary aspect and to kind of put food on the table. What is that proper balance? Because I think a lot of times, like you said, they motivate you in different ways. So it's good to have a little bit of both. But when maybe one gets too powerful, it kind of throws the balance off. Right.
3: Yeah. Yep. So I would say in terms of motivation, it is a little personal. Right. Mm -hmm. So each individual person has their things that motivate them. Right. And being able to identify what motivates me right now is really important. Um, to even have that sense of reflection of what's going on with me in my life, what's helping me through this, what's helping me through this season, this week, this day, whatever it is, is important. Um, I will say from my studies and then my work, those that, we'll do a little psychology, intrinsic motivation, right? So that desire to master the skill set to be the best we can be, right? All those things that help us feel joy, a sense of accomplishment, right? All those things matter in terms of our motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the best of the best, have that pure love of the sport, or even if we wanna say professionally, like you have a passion for your work. right? And that's really, really important. The different things motivationally, right? We can take a deeper dive into that, right? So those things, things that anchor us or that help support us, right? So our family, our friends, taking care of the people we love, right? All those things also help to just strengthen that motivation as well.
2: So you finish your career with running. You retire from your professional career. This is a twofold question. A, was that hard to transition from like a top performing athlete to then going into a general workforce in the working field? And then two, What was then your journey to then get to the Jets?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right? (laughs) But we think this, right? We just think like, you know, and even if I think back to myself, like, um, and my journey, right? When you're going through it, it might look like it's like perfect and it's just not, right? So I didn't make the Olympic team. I was completely devastated Mm -hmm. and heartbroken. I was completely lost, right? Your sense of identity, your sense of self is just really takes a hit. Right. Right. And so you're you're left putting yourself back together. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that that's true for a lot of people that go through different transitions in life. Right. Um, either transitions that you anticipate. Right. Like I'm going to anticipate, OK, after this season, I'm going to retire. Or I'm going to anticipate whatever or unanticipated. Right. And um, when I did not make the Olympic team, I was pretty much in denial, right? Because I, in my mind, I was like, I'm gonna run till I'm whatever, till I'm till I can't anymore. Yeah, till the wheels fall off. Yeah, right. Um, But that wasn't it, Mm -hmm. right? And so, again, in that moment, you're kind of left with, OK, how do I how do I piece myself back together? Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it's a lot of like deep soul searching. It's a lot of like leaning on your support system. I was not an easy person to be around at that time. Right. Because you're you're struggling. And and I think that we like to shy away from those things. Right. Because No one likes to struggle. No one likes to hurt. No one likes their identity to take a huge hit. Um, and it takes time to figure those things out. Right. Right. And so uh, I actually went moved back to Nebraska and was volunteer coaching at the University of Nebraska. And that really helped me. Um, I say I had to wean myself off running, right? Mm-hmm. Because in my mind, I was like, I want to still continue to run. I want to still continue to train. Right. But I also was like completely burnout, out, like needed time away, mm-hmm. hated running, but wanted nothing more than to run. Right. It's a right? weird juxtaposition. It's a really, really weird space but then each day you know you try to find that sense of purpose and i would say like it took me it took me a year to like find what i was going to do next and even then it was still really difficult right it was really hard for me to watch races it was really hard for me to go to track meets mm-hmm. right um and again it just takes time but i think through that i then i went back to grad school so i think like Going back to graduate school, I had a lot of things to work on, right? So part of right. me feels like I like cheated my master's program and PhD program because I was always working on myself, right? Yep. Like working through my identity, what happened in my sport experience, my own psychology in terms of where did I mess up or not mess up. We'll, we'll use different words. Where, where could I have benefited from sports psychology or performance psychology that would have helped me, mm-hmm. right? And then I think through that, you're, you find new passions and your passions change. And then all those experiences that were once really, really painful, I believe actually have helped me become much better at my job just because I am empathetic and I do understand from like a lived experience way.
2: Right. You have that background and you're able to kind of empathize, like you were saying. I mean, even from me, like a collegiate athlete who was not Olympic bound by any means, it And you anticipate that, like, retirement, that end of your sport. I remember working out was really difficult for me because I was used to working out for, like, six hours a day Mm -hmm. and burning thousands and thousands of calories and getting, like, so much more endorphins because of my workouts. And then I went from a desk job. Like, it it was just such a drastic drop.
3: Yes. Yes, and it is. And I would say, like, I had to do a lot of work on myself psychology-wise of, like, Annie, a 30-minute workout is great. Right. Right? Like, it's okay to just go for a three-mile run. Mm-hmm. That's okay, right? Where normally, like, three miles was my morning run, and then I'd have an afternoon. It was, like, 8 to 10 miles, whatever, right? right? So it was, like, yeah, just those transitions, again, with your identity and what's healthy and what's normal. And it's it's tough, right? Like yeah. we have these habits, right? And we work really hard on forming these habits as an athlete or forming these habits to help us be successful. And then it's like, wait, this, I got to kind of redo some of these things, right? Or I need to, um, evolve or change some of these habits that I once had. So now it's helpful for me in my professional career versus like my athletic career.
2: Right. The transition has got to be just one of the hardest things for anyone going through any type of transition. But so. You graduate, and then where do you go to further your professional career?
3: Yeah, so after grad school, um, I really wanted to... In my mind, I wanted to be somewhere where I was doing teaching, doing some research and working with athletes. And so that took me to San Diego, where I was doing some teaching, doing some work at the Olympic Training Center. I worked with the Paralympic athletes, which was really cool. I was a guide runner for a visually impaired athlete, which was like super cool. I don't talk about it that much. Yeah. Um, But the Olympic Training Center in Chula Vista is a really, really cool place because you have um, para athletes that are working working right alongside and training every day um, with able-bodied athletes. And it's just such a cool place. Um, And, yeah, so in that I was just continuing to learn, doing some coaching education, and really just getting my feet wet in terms of that post-PhD. And then from there, took a job with the United States Air Force, which was, for me, it was um, tools that I needed in my professional um, pockets, I guess we'll say, or my professional toolbox, whatever, Mm -hmm. um, to really understand the, you you can't say selection assessment, but basically to understand how does the military um, identify and help support high performers, right? So their special warfare, their general officers, things Mm -hmm. like that, and then how do we do research education consultation with those entities. And that was really cool experience just to learn How the Air Force does a lot of that work, which then has ultimately helped me in draft work, draft selection, things like that, which I just really, really. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple
1: systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious.
2: Yeah. So were you on any sport teams as like a director of mental performance or a psychologist before you came to the Jets?
3: Yeah. So I worked uh, with USA Track and Field Mm -hmm. for a while. Um, And was one of their sports site consultants and then also worked with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that was a really, really cool experience um, to be with that organization um, as one of their performance sites.
2: So you had all the all the backgrounds to help you prepare for this job. But what is your day to day with Jets players or coaching staffs or what really goes into your job?
3: Yeah. So kind of taking that military model. So in the military, they embed psychologists within their organizations, right, or within their um, different units. And so I'm embedded here with the Jets. So that means like I'm I'm in it. Right. So in the mornings, guys come through. Um, I'm I there. I'm there for training Um as guys have their um, breaks between their meetings, um, so I'm in it, right? Travel mm-hmm. with the team, um, work with the coaches, so kind of wherever they are, I am, and that provides opportunities to have these interactions, um, do, some, con- do some consults, and then just be, be where I need to be as, as things are needed.
2: What do you think is the most challenging part, maybe, or what surprised you most about working for an NFL team?
3: Ooh, that's a really good question. Oh, gosh. um, Yeah. What surprised me the most or what's like the hardest part? Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's
2: very different, I'm sure, it is than very different. basketball or the Air Force, which yeah. you also worked for. So it's what is that? Maybe it's the structure of it that's different or the the long, grueling kind of schedule of 18 weeks where you're really locked in. What do you yeah. think was maybe most took you by most surprise?
3: Ooh, I don't know if I can answer that. What took me by most surprise? I think probably the cadence took a took a little bit for me to to get used mm-hmm. to. Right. Just the the length of how things the length of the season, but then kind of those. Just the ride of the season, right? The highs, right. the lows, the in betweens—all um, of that was took definitely a little bit of time to kind of get used to.
2: There's also so many players on an yes. NFL team. Oh, yeah. So how do you how do you kind of Spoken like my
3: memory use?
2: How do you take a different approach for each player? Because I'm mm-hmm. sure, obviously, everything's individualized. But yeah. is. How does that process happen?
3: Yeah, So a good point. But, I okay, the hardest part for me was learning everyone's name. Yes. And it wasn't, mm-hmm. like, learning their name. It was, like, learning, like, what their nickname is or what people call them, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very yes. different for each person. Yes. Um, so for all the players, all the staff, that definitely took a long time. Yeah. But I, I have them all now, so, so we're good. <laughs> but that took literally all season last year to, like, really learn – um, and build those just relationships with those guys so that they could trust me. They knew that I'm in their corner. I'm here to support them. Right. Try to check my ego and really just try to be an unbiased space for them to help them. Right. That's my job. Um, and I would say that um, how do I can how do I you asked how do I the different personalities that right. that are there. Mm-hmm. And that's actually my favorite part of my job. Right. Because. Um, I think people are really fascinating. I've said this before, but I just yeah. like love people. Like I think people are super fascinating in terms of how they how they think about things, their own journeys, like our guys have incredible stories and incredible journeys, and that's just really cool to hear. So I think if everyone was the same, then I might be bored but since there's such a variety in personality and each person is so different like I just I love that so it's cool to be able to um and I think it helps me and my skill set to be able to like adjust as needed right and this is why I'm a trained professional because I have a different skill set to be able to meet the needs of the individual person
2: right do you feel as though you've ever gotten any pushback from a player or even a coach or yeah. just anyone that you've worked with that hasn't thought that mental aspect is as important and you've had to kind of break that barrier down and earn their trust in that way.
3: Yeah I think that everyone understands the importance of the mental side and building those mindsets um, but this is the first time that the Jets have had a, a director of mental performance and someone that is specialized embedded with a team um, this this role didn't exist before me mm-hmm. and so I think as a whole, we're adjusting to, in sport in general, sports psychology, performance psychology, and mental performance, is gaining traction And so I think that's what it's more about is like, here's a new role that maybe we're not really sure exactly. So that's kind of more, I think, the pushback or some of the barriers that that I face is like, okay, well, how do we utilize her? What should Mm -hmm. I use her for? What does she actually do? Right. And so that's my job to educate on. Here are the ways that I can support you or here are the things that I can help teach you.
2: What are some of the biggest obstacles that our guys face? that you have to kind of help them through and what are those techniques that you use with them
3: yeah so i again each person is different mm-hmm. right so um probably the the easiest thing to go to is just transition into the league right so if you think about being drafted being undrafted and just that transition wherever you're coming from to the league and to the jets is a really really big thing so just that onboarding getting used to this environment transitioning to new to 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 new teammates, to new coaches, and just understanding what it takes to be successful at this level, right? That's, like, a really, really big one. Um, Help the guys with injuries, right? And injuries are just a nasty part of the game and um, are really, really challenging and difficult, right? I don't know if you were ever injured as an athlete, Mm -hmm. but, like, injuries are just devastating, right? They take a hit on your identity, um, and those things are really challenging, too, so or other things and then just everything psychology wise in terms of teaching mental skills, Right? helping them understand their own psychology, helping them invest in their own mental game, um, and whatever that is, right? So whether it's like managing performance anxiety, dealing with pressure, dealing with outside distractions, helping with their attention and focus, right? So focus is the foundational mental skill of like, what are we focused on? Our attention you know, gets distracted like half the time, our minds wander. So mm-hmm. how do we stay focused on the information and even just like the season is so long, right? So how do I, um, help support myself through the entire season so that I have the emotional stamina, the physical stamina to endure the season.
2: Last one for you. What do you think is your favorite part of the job or maybe your favorite memory from this season that you're just really proud of or you can't believe happened? What do you think that is for you?
3: Oh, I, my favorite part of my job is our players. Like, yeah. they make me laugh every day. Mm-hmm. They're awesome guys. Um, it's My favorite part is seeing them happy and seeing them surpass their own expectations or surprise themselves. Um, and that, that's my favorite part of my job is, like, seeing those guys excited and happy and um, knowing how hard they work and their dedication to the game. Um, and when those things come to fruition, right? When you see those things happen, it just like brings me a lot of joy.
2: Awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Doctor Annie. Me. It was so great to really understand and do a deep dive of what you do every day here yeah, with the awesome. Play.
3: Thank you.